The Marvel's opening weekend is the lowest ever for an MCU debut domestically. And that's not even counting inflation. Ouch. Because, I mean, Iron Man, $100 million opening weekend 2008. That's like $140 million. That's like a billion dollars. But, <laughs> but 48 to $52 million is the projected weekend opening for the Marvels on a $320 million movie. That's the domestic total. So just breaking $100 million internationally. It made $60 million in the international market, so $140 mil. Now, this isn't... No, no, your math's wrong on that. Sorry. 60 plus 50. 60 plus 110. 50. 110. Yeah. Math's hard. Math's hard sometimes. It's hard for, for all of us, $110 million man. opening weekend, which is the lowest probably ever. It's the lowest since the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. And that was before the MCU that was really was the MCU. That was way, yeah, it was before it was anything. Don't so. you miss solo Hulk movies? I just miss solo movies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you miss solo movies? Yeah, just a character. I think we were all expecting this, although the projections two weeks ago were saying 70 to 80 million. So this is actually a big drop from even their projections recently. So this is a big loss for Marvel. Audiences, I could tell from the trailers, whenever the trailers played in theaters, nobody seemed to even react to it inside of the theater. And... I was not impressed with the trailer marketing at all. I just found this the recent string of Marvel movies, except for Guardians 3, to just be like lackluster and not that interesting for me to go to the theater. Plus, you have to watch TV shows in order to get to this film, and I think that's turned people off at, at the theaters. To go to the theaters, like I have to watch three or four TV seasons of TV to understand everything, but I feel like you don't have to. I'll eventually get around to seeing it, but this movie really needs to pull $900 million ballpark to be a profitable film for Marvel and Disney. And to contrast this, Five Nights at Freddy's is still doing pretty well at the box office in second place with $8 million this weekend and has brought its domestic total to $125 million. That's insane. That's more than the Marvels will make in total, I and guarantee. Then over $200 million internationally for Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah, right? Yeah, and that yeah. was, what, a budget of 13 not even? Something like that. It was Something, crazy. It was a really cheap film to make. Priscilla now has increased to $10 million total with a $3 million weekend. Kills of the Flower Moon. We're just going through the box office, everybody. Kills of the Flower Moon added $2.5 million to its total with a $60 million total domestic run. And then the Eras Tour, Taylor Swift pulled in another $2 million this weekend. Total domestic of $170 million for... A live concert movie. Insane. Oh, my God. That's a huge, huge haul. And I'm sure globally it's pretty close to that. So it's a massive success for Taylor and AMC Theaters. I mean, you take out Five Nights at Freddy's and Taylor Swift's movies, the box office the last two months has been very lackluster. Very lackluster. It's the fall for you. Yeah. It's pre-Oscar season, fall. It's Everyone's a, going back to school. Yeah. Going it's back to slow work. time. Slow time for movies. But we'll, we'll get it back. We got Oscar season coming. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of movies coming. Well, the coming. thing with Oscar season is they pushed so many of the big blockbusters to 2024. That's true. That, like, not a ton of people are going to see poor things. Nobody's, yeah, I mean, poor I things. I hope a lot of people do. I, I think it has the potential to be his most well-performing at the box office, but The Favorite did really well as well. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to top The Favorite. His movies are very niche, so I don't expect his... Uh, poor things to make that much money. Plus, Wonka is projected very low right now at twenty twenty five million. So, mm. I mean, I'm excited for that. Timmy, chocolate, chocolate man. Speaking of him, he hosted SNL last night. The oh, only did time, he? Only time I've tuned into SNL in <laughs> <laughs> like three years, to be honest. Was it funny? Yeah, it was, it was great. Nice. I mean, it's funny for SNL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their standard drop. It's funny, like now that SNL is like, yeah, it's, it's 
pretty good, even though it's supposed to be a comedy. It's a success show. if it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> the someone, standards of SNL has dropped so much. Someone DM'd me the photo of the cast from like '96, and I was like, "Oh my god, this cast is amazing!" Even the early 2000s, yeah. that cast was stacked, yeah, man. They, stacked. Like they, they had like Farley, Sandler, David Spade, a bunch, so many other great Chris cast Rock members. Chris in Rock, and yeah. yeah. My God, what a what a cast! And then the 2000s was in, incredible too. We had Tina, Amy, Will. Just so many Kristen and Then they started doing the digital shorts with uh, Sandberg. Sandberg. <laughs> then Bill Hader. Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig were the. They held it together for a few years. Honestly, if Keenan wasn't still on that show, like I don't know what would be going on. He's like the glue for like the last eight years. He's the rock. Well, the thing about Keenan is he's not like the most prolific performer, but I have never seen Keenan Thompson mess up a single time on SNL. Me neither. He's I've just never the foundation seen, of that show. I've never <laughs> seen him flub a line because every actor, they'll mess up here and there. And there are some performers, they mess up quite a lot. But Keenan, I've never seen him mis- make a mistake on SNL He's once. He's been on it for like 12 years, too. He's been on it for 64 years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's so, get into this more yeah. movie news. <laughs> so the top story this week is obviously SAG-AFTRA reaching a deal finally with the AMPTP after 118 days on strike. This means that your movies and TV shows are going right back into production ASAP. Deadpool 3, Gladiator 2, Stranger Things, they're all ready to resume filming. Unfortunately, Dune 2 is still not coming out this year. <laughs> bullshit! This is bullshit! Dude, what sucks is it, this ended like four, th- three days after the release date of Dune. Yeah, because we, we got sent um, the meme, that video meme of Tobey Maguire in Pond Sacrifice saying, It was today! They took it from me! <laughs> they could have dropped Dune, and then it would have been fine! Oh, man. Hindsight 2020. So sad. However... We'll see if it does come out in April next year. We'll see. March, but Anthony, get it right. March, whatever, whatever. I'm I'm just glad that these movies are back in production. Deadpool three was halfway done. Uh, Tim Burton's new film, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, uh, Beetlejuice sequels. That's just one more day of filming. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to get like a close up of a hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that they waited six months. To All right, shoot we're a done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now we can finish the movie. <laughs> Gladiator two had really just started, so I'm sure they. Barely got much done because ah, not quite barely just started. There's uh, about 90 minutes supposedly shot of just Paul Mescal scenes. Really nice. So like there's quite a bit shot. Fuck that, yeah. yeah. Ridley shoots fast, man. Yeah, I mean Ridley, he shoots with like fucking six camera setups for a dialogue scene. So he, <laughs> fil- he finishes in 15 minutes. Like, oh, we're done. He's <laughs> filming you when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Paul Mescal's just brushing his teeth in his trailer. All right, all right, mate. Like, yeah, look into the mirror. Was <laughs> <laughs> that Ridley Scott's British accent? Yeah, I guess. Sell the London. That's <laughs> all I got, man. I'm not an actor, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> He's got one thing. He's got one trick pony. <laughs> but Stranger Things, obviously Netflix is back. Is glad that that's back up and running because sh- yeah. that's going to be a big, big, juicy property. And I like how they're not going to try and de-age the kids or anything because they're all adults now. They're going to be now. 45. <laughs> <laughs> Season 5, they're in, they're, ninth, they're in seventh grade and they're all 22. <laughs> it's just like, ah, it's not working anymore. I get that. 20- it's still the 80s? <laughs> 11 still 11? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into There's just so much more mayhem going on with delays and shit. And first up, Captain America 4. It's funny. Like, every week there's one of them. Blade, Blade we were talking about last week and how they're on a, their fifth rewrite of Blade, hired a new writer. Something similar is happening with Captain America 4. After horrendous test screenings, Marvel is deciding to basically redo the movie. They're doing eight months of 
uh, delays with extensive reshoots and rewrites of the film starring Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford. I really... I just I want to watch it now. Uh, me too. I want to be in the, how do you get in these test screenings? I want to see one of these test screenings. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking break that NDA contract. I don't care. They're delaying it eight months, like they said, all the way to February 2025. Wow. It was supposed to come out in July 2024. Yeah, in that's seven crazy. months. My God. And obviously, Blade's been delayed all the way to November 2025. And what's crazy about that is Mahershala Ali signed on six years ago to play the character. That's crazy. Blade. Six years ago, he's gonna. That's when they announced he's gonna be Blade. They still haven't gotten a fucking movie out for him. <laughs> That's wild. He's got to be in his 50s now. That's insane. Deadpool 3's also been pushed to July 2024. That's understandable because they missed three, two months of production while yeah. they were filming. And for... also, like, I mean, they had a release date, so they can't just push it back just two months. They got to push it back to a release date they like. Yeah. Thunderbolts has been pushed also all the way to July 2025. That was supposed to come out, I believe, in the fall of 2024. <laughs> and Disney's 2025 slate is just looking insanely crowded because obviously we have this strike-induced delays right now, but also Snow White got pushed to 2025. Pixar's Elio got pushed to 2025. Moana, the live-action film, is 2025. Avatar 3 is 2025. I mean, they're still living off that Avatar 2 money right now. <laughs> they're very happy with Avatar 2. And then there's four untitled projects that are also set for 2025. Additionally... Mufasa, The Lion King. Origins. Yeah, Mufasa's origin story <laughs> directed by Barry Jenkins. That's moved to December 2024. So Disney's going to have like 78 movies come out in a 10-month period. <laughs> this is insane. That's a lot. And Sony also announced a slight shakeup to their superhero calendar. So they bumped the third Venom movie to November 8th, 2024. It was originally going to come out in July 2024. Craven the Hunter is still releasing in August 2024. 16 years from now. <laughs> August 2024. <laughs> and then, ironically, since DC is still in the midst of James Gunn's overhaul, when Warner Brothers only have one superhero movie coming out next year, Joker Folly Ado, which I guess you could... More of a comic book movie. I wouldn't call that a superhero movie necessarily. And then... So, so Sony will actually release more comic book movies than DC and Marvel combined in 2024. When has that ever happened in Never. the last 15 years? Uh, and then, because they're releasing, obviously, Craven yeah, the Hunter, sense. Venom 3, and Madam <sighs> Web all come out in 2024. So Sony's going to be the year of the comic book movie. The year of Sony. The year of Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, Ty. West. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> so this is insane. How many movies Disney's pushing back over almost a year? And Bob Iger just had an interview saying that the company was making mistakes by going for quantity over quality and from this way, this moment forward, he said they're going to be focusing on just making great content, great films and TV shows, and not as many as they can. As they have 17 movies <laughs> coming out in 2025. Like, <laughs> I'm sure some of those will move around. I'm yeah, sure. and a lot of those were greenlit in 2022, 2023, yeah. 2024. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing they can do about it. Like, we're in production. There's We've nothing. already invested $20 million in pre-production of all these films. So we're going to go. That's insane. That's a lot of movies for Disney. That's a lot of movies in one year from one studio. That's quite a lot. Goodness. Now... Let's move on to one of the most exciting announcements of the week. I remember a month ago, there was like word and rumors of a Zelda adaptation in the works. And the the owner of the guy who runs Nintendo was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Ooh, I love rumors. I don't know what you guys. There's nothing. Who's Zelda? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is a Zelda? It was officially confirmed uh, this past week that Nintendo is in development of creating 
a Legend of Zelda live-action film series from director Wes Ball, who directed the Maze Runner trilogy as well as the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I think it's a great choice of director. He's very capable. He's proven himself with large-budget, huge-scale, and heavy CGI films, and that's going to be the process of Zelda, making a Zelda movie. You're going to have to do so much CGI and grand-scale filmmaking. So I think Wes Ball is a great choice of director. And then Jurassic World co-writer Derek Connolly will write the film. That one, I'm still not sure about that. We'll see. Well, I guess when it comes to a big blockbuster, you know, you have a blockbuster director. West Ball is successful at it. Maybe they also want a blockbuster screenwriter. They maybe. love blockbusters. But maybe Derek Connolly has a great knowledge of the lore and of the movie and of the game. You know, I, yeah. I'm sure. I think West Ball also is just, it's like a dream project for him to make a Zelda movie. Did you talk to him about it? No, he's tweeted about it in the past. Okay. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my, guy, my guy Wes, I talked. No, I got, got Wes on the line right now. Here, Wes. Hey guys, uh, huge dream, yeah, dream project. Dream project. You know, I just gotta go out there and give it 110. percent James, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate <laughs> thank you guys. You for your friendship. Love Raiders of the Lost podcast. All right, see it. Thanks, Wes Ball. <laughs> Friend of the show, Wes Ball. <laughs> That's awesome. But I mean, that would be a dream project for so many people who want to be filmmakers. You know, to yeah. make a Zelda movie. That's great. Because uh, there's. They could be the next Lord of the Rings. It has that potential. Yeah, or yeah, just the next massive fantasy epic. You're yeah. right because it hasn't has... been done well successfully since Lord of the Rings. Uh, I would fantasy s- in terms of that scale and, yeah. and being loved to the lore and by fan bases. But the Lord of the Rings is so special. It's hard to keep comparing franchises to Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's bar. the standard, man. They, they, I mean, they set the bar so high. That's what I'm saying, man. It's true. I mean. Hey, but the thing Lord of the Rings are bust, bro. But I mean, if they follow the roots of Super Mario Bros. was done really well. I was really surprised with Super Mario Bros. So I think this is... And also, like, the people involved with Nintendo are heavily involved in the film. Yeah, and they've, so, been, they've been working on this for like 10, 15 years trying to get yeah, a movie going. That's why Super Mario worked. Yeah, and Z- Zelda's a, <clears throat> an iconic game that spans generations, decades of fans. Our brothers played it in the 80s. We played it in the 90s. N64, and 64, baby. Yeah, and even just NES in, in, yeah. back oh, yeah. in the day. In in a uh, Game Boy, but the thing with with Zelda, it's a massive scope world. So you gotta kind of bring it down to a grounded level to an extent. I feel like so I'm curious to see how the story shapes up. But I think they can do something really special if they really commit their passion to it. I just wonder who they're gonna cast as Link and what age they'll go with because Link's Link's been old, Link's been young, it's been teen years. So I'm curious what age they'll go. If I was gonna cast an actor to play Link. I would cast the guy from, um, what's the Woody Harrelson movie on the boat? I'm sorry, I can't remember. The, uh, oh my god, the freaking Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. So the the actor who plays the model on that, and then he's also in the upcoming The Iron Claw. He plays one of the brothers, one of the Eric brothers. He's really good, and I feel like he suits the look and feeling and vibe of Link. He's too old, though, I think. I think Link, you gotta go teen. Especially with the first movie, Link's know. young. Maybe Link's I guess. young in the games, man. Like even like he's he's like a teenager. Uh, but I think it wouldn't hurt to go for, with an adult. Yeah, it's just too old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So what is that? What West Ball said? Yeah, yeah. Paul, let me get West alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great actor, but uh, we're really gonna probably go for someone younger. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, Wes. <laughs> thanks, friend of the show, Wes. The great direct live we got. <laughs> he's so fast at responding. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some other news. So we have a new A twenty four film in development with Darren Aronofsky, who just worked with the studio to make The Whale. They're going to make an Elon Musk film. 
Whether you like him or not, Elon Musk's companies have changed the world, so I think this is going to be an interesting film. And a representative for A24 has confirmed that the upcoming biopic about the controversial tech mogul will be based on the authorized biography penned by Walter Isaacson. Isaacson's film book, Elon Musk, was published in September 2023 and mm-hmm. will serve as basis for the screenplay. Well, it covers much of the SpaceX CEO's personal life. I wonder if Amber Heard will be in there. With his other interests, such as pressing issues like space exploration, sustainable energy, and artificial intelligence are, all, are also given a deeper dive. I hope they they put, like, Joe Rogan in the movie somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you see? Can you imagine a fictional version of Joe Rogan? Dude, I that would I would fucking love that. That would be so funny. That would put asses in seats. That would be so Just funny. Just one scene with Joe yeah. Rogan. <laughs> Oh my god. Reports suggest that the bidding war for Isaacson's book was heated between studios and filmmakers with A24 ultimately winning out. Isaacson's 2011 biography of Steve Jobs inspired the 2015 Oscar-nominated film of the same name, which was excellent, directed by Danny Boyle, starring Michael Fassbender as the Apple CEO. So Elon Musk even wrote on X, Twitter, X, I'm just going to call it Twitter still. Glad Darren is doing it. He is one of the best. So I think... This is a great uh, start for a film. Great director. I'm curious to see who's going to end up writing the, the adaptation because, I mean, they had Aaron Sorkin for uh, for Steve Jobs, so you can't True. do much better than that. So I'm sure with this project, they can get a great writer involved. Maybe even Aaron Sorkin would do it. I, would, I think that would be fantastic. And I'm curious the tone. The thing with Steve Jobs in that film is they really went after every part of the character of what Steve Jobs is like, getting into his personal life, his behavior towards coworkers and colleagues, the bad, the good. So I hope that they do the bad and the good and everything about Elon Musk as well so it's not just like a complete one-sided thing. But with Steve Jobs, they went through everything with the guy's life in terms of his character. Yeah, and I think Darren Aronofsky is one of the more interesting directors working today. And it would be cool to see him on a big scale again because he's been making relatively small movies since uh, b- before he made the Sphere the Spear film. Sphere? Sphere. Sphere. The, for the Las Vegas Sphere. That was a True, big, but, big movie. Yeah, but no, that wasn't like a big theatrical release. <laughs> I know, but it's like a big scale, scale production. Mm-hmm. And his last major huge film was Noah. Yeah. That was a big movie. That was like for him. 120 million budget. But Did you see the Spheres lost like 80 million dollars? <laughs> Why? Because no one's going to it. Well, no, no one's. Yeah, no one's going to no it. No marketing. Plus, it's insanely expensive to market with it. Uh-huh. It costs, I think, upwards of a, a, like a million dollars for advertising on it for the day, mm-hmm. basically, or something like that. It's absurd. Wow. And three to four million dollars for like a weekend. I. They're just playing like images of clouds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They did pumpkins for Halloween, but like the Marvel is just advertised using it with like Goose the Cat. It's cool. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Goose the Cat was on. I was at the gym on the Stairmaster, and Goose the Cat was on like a news channel episode on like the on like the desk of the news anchors, yeah. just chilling. I would honestly rather watch a movie of just Goose the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> but the Sphere, I think, eventually will become profitable. It's just one of those new forms of technology that, like, yeah. maybe not immediately yeah. is going to turn a profit. Yeah, I think but so. They're in the red, man. They're in the red, big time. Yikes, big time. So yeah, again, I think whether you like the guy or not, when it comes to Elon, you can't deny the fact that his companies have had a massive impact impact on our life and the future. I mean, you could call him the most influential person of the 21st century. You could have he's that up discussion. There for sure. you, there's that discussion with him for sure. So I think it's obviously he's an interesting person to make a film about. And yeah, I think, I think it'll be a cool movie. I think it's a great, especially from where he came from and how he like how he started. It's a really fascinating story. I think this. I think this could be really special. I think casting's gonna be tough. 
Because you're, you do you want to be uh, epic of three decades, or do you want to portray him in his middle age? I think if you're going to go, if you cast him middle age, I think Matt Damon might be a good pick. They have pretty similar looks. Matt's too old. Yeah, they can... No, he's get, too old. I don't know. And he's, I feel like, well, Elon's like 6'4", so you got to get someone tall. It's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> it doesn't matter how tall an actor is. Well, also... Oh, I, but it, Matt looks like him. They sh- they have kinda, pretty similar yeah, features. Kinda. Yeah, I can see that. But would Matt want to do it? I feel like this is a role that not a lot of Hollywood would want to take on because he's such a controversial figure. I think that every actor would be running to do this role. Like running towards it or running away? Running towards it. Well, they could just drive. It's a, Dude, this is an Oscar <laughs> role. It, yeah, it could it's be. an Oscar caliber role. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, moving into our other new release that wasn't a theatrical release, but... Netflix finally dropped The Killer, David Fincher's incredible assassin film, on Netflix this past Friday. It is their best-reviewed film of the year for the platform. Not hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying much. That being said, it's great. It's really terrific. Netflix Netflix has just confirmed plans to release another David Fincher film, so they are in the Fincher business. It's really excellent, everybody. We saw it in theaters. Fortunately, because we live in L.A., we get the limited release for a lot of these streaming movies, and we loved it. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was very badass. And moving on, next, Inside Out 2 got a teaser trailer. Maya Hawk has joined the cast as Little Anxiety. It's very cute. It's a very cute-looking movie. It looks like it's uh, she, the, the girl's becoming a teenager, so there are a whole bunch of new emotions. And they teased another emotion that they didn't reveal. They teased it at the end of the trailer. I wonder if they'll have, like, hormones as characters. Maybe. Cause if- well, I think... Um, I think that's what, it, what... There's, like, a wrecking crew that start, like, dismantling the, the control room and re redoing everything and they're like these little blue guys i think that they might be hormones kind of like osmosis jones very much like oh, osmosis that movie jones. Was sick osmosis jones was pretty badass who was the was that chris rock chris rock voice yeah. osmosis jones yeah. it was chris that movie was sick bill murray's the <laughs> he's the dad is he he's the guy that osmosis jones is inside oh my god like it's his body yeah. that oh like live action yeah, yeah that's yeah. right it's yeah. live action his daughter's trying to get him yeah. to be healthier he's always just drinking beers oh and my like god so funny pizza by the end of the film like he has that yeah, he's a heart attack, right? Something. Yeah, something. Because Chris Rock plays a white blood cell. Yeah, and so he's a, in, in. He's that, like a police. In agent. that world, he's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was good. That's a fun movie. It's very educational as well. Yeah. Well, some more Netflix news. So Grumman's Egyptian Theater in Los Angeles has been closed down for a few years. You know, it's is it the original theater that had the first Hollywood premiere ever back in nineteen in the nineteen twenties. Huge theater, and it's an iconic landmark in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. But you know, wear and tear, decades of you know just what's it? Stuff. Decay, stuff, decay. I guess decay is too strong of a word. <laughs> stuff happened to it. It's just people just stopped going to it, and then it, yeah, they it, it suffered from the streaming wars. Yeah. And, you know, people just stopped going, and it was basically going out of business. However, Netflix purchased it. With the American Cinematique and did a $70 million restoration in Los Angeles. There's only one of five theaters in the world that can play nitrate film in the United States. I'm sorry, in the United States. And this is now one of them. If you're ever in Los Angeles or if you live in Los Angeles, we can't recommend checking this new theater out enough. We're going to go very soon. They're playing 2001 Space Odyssey. They're playing Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia in 70 mil. Both of them 70 millimeter. Aliens in 70 mil. It's insane. So they just released their November calendar. And it's really exciting 
because this is a landmark. This is special to cinema, to the history of Los Angeles, and to American filmmaking. And it's really cool to see Netflix, a streaming behemoth, do this, purchase one of the most iconic landmarks in cinema history in the United States, and keep it going. And and keeping the feel of the history and the artistry of what the, the Egyptian theater has as well as infusing new technology into it, but still not overdoing it with it to the point where it's not a new digital experience, but keeping 70 millimeter, 35 millimeter nitrate projection. The nostalgia. It's very smart as well because, and also it's a great sign that they, you know, Netflix is committed to theatrical release as well as it's just a great marketing tool. You have this incredible, beautiful theater to release premieres of all your films at and to also make some money by releasing these great films on 70 millimeter so that the because there's a hunger for old films in LA. There's, Not everyone's 20 years old. Yeah, you know? exactly. And there are a couple, there are a few. <laughs> Not other... saying that 20 year olds don't love film. Yeah, what's yeah. Your, what are you saying, man? I'm saying they like to stream no, I know stuff. They're streamers. There are uh, a few theaters that are doing really well playing old films, playing films on actual projected films. So this is proof that that hunger is re- still there and palpable in LA. Hopefully, other cities can start following suit. There's, I'm sure there's a couple in New York that do this, but there are people out there that love old film, and they love watching movies in this kind of environment. So I think that this is a great sign, and I can't wait to see a movie there ASAP. Oh, dude, it's going to be awesome. I'm definitely buying a ticket for 2001 Space Odyssey. Fuck yeah. Let's do a couple screens. Lawrence Arabia. 70 millimeter, 2001. Aliens in 70 oh mil? Oh god, I'm going to lose it. Are so you excited. kidding me? Moving on to a little bit more news. So Loki season two had its finale. I haven't seen it. We haven't watched the show yet for season two, but apparently it's very emotional. I saw a couple spoilers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a farewell of Tom Hiddleston in yeah, a way? In, in a way. I guess there really it. is. I don't want to spoil it because I kind of, un- I kind of, Got uh-huh. the spoiler, and I don't want to spoil right, it for anyone else. Say it right else. now. <laughs> <laughs> but I know a lot of people like that show. Yeah. Next up, let's move into the rest of the trailers of the week. We got some good ones, and we got some pretty cringe ones. Uh, let's yeah. get into the best one of the week. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire released its first teaser trailer. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, the CGI looks great. Special effects look great. We're going to New York City. Yeah. So it feels right. This is something that the first film didn't do, obviously, but... New York City is a part of Ghostbusters. 100%. It has to be in New York City. And there's a huge, grand-scale, supernatural threat to the entire city, which I think is just—this looks really fun. And we get a, a mix of both the old actors. They're all back. They're all in it. Yeah. It's not just a cameo now. Like, they're going to be, like, full-fledged characters in the story. They should just get rid of the kids. And just <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Fuck it. Honestly, get rid I of don't the give kids. a shit. Like, do it. I like Finn. I like Finn Wolfhard a lot. But, like, see you later, <laughs> kids. We have Bill Murray and the, and the everyone back. They could get rid of everyone. I don't care. Just get the old actors back. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> uh, but Carrie Coon's getting involved. She's in the Ghostbusters suit as well. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It looks like a great sequel. I can't wait to see the full trailer and get a sense for the real story. I will say, however... <laughs> They you, used, were, you were mad about this. They used Cruel Summer for the music, for the trailer. That is the Karate Kid. Stop trying to get nostalgia points, everybody. Get a different song. There's a lot of songs out there. Plenty of 80s songs. Not even the 80s. When a song's used perfectly in a movie, it should never be used again. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Cruel Summer is only the Karate Kid. <laughs> even though it's been in other movies, but... No, get out of here. I, I listened to the first five seconds. I'm like, I want to watch the Karate Kid right now. <laughs> I actually added it. I signed into your Netflix. 
So I have Netflix. I have your Netflix. How'd now. you do that? You're, did you hack into my account? No, you put your info in the doc. I'm, I am calling Netflix right now. I need Anthony removed from my okay, account. Okay, I'm going to remove you from my Macs. You don't have Macs. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> you use my Mac. Please let me keep the Macs. Please. You don't know where I've been. You Luke. don't have Macs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Actually, that's a great trade. Who the fuck do you think you work for? <laughs> yeah, it's a good trade off. Yeah. I pay for Macs. You pay for Netflix. Deal. 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 Anyways. And then I don't know who does Hulu. You do Hulu? You yeah, pay I have for Hulu. Hulu. Why? No, I had <laughs> Sometimes you need to watch something, man. I swear to God, I went on Hulu last night to browse through what they had. It was like the same 10 movies in every genre. Terrible <laughs> I, stuff. I saw like two movies in every fucking list. Their licensing department, they need to uh, they need to step into gear, man. Okay, there's the next trailer I want to talk about. I have very mixed feelings about this. I hated this trailer. Mean Girls, the musical. It's not a remake. It's it's the, a musical adaptation of the film. And we love, love Mean Girls, Yeah, by I the fucking way. love Mean love Girls. Love Mean Girls. And I, I mean, a lot of people agree with us online. This trailer sucked. Yeah. This trailer was not funny. It was kind of odd and cringy. And it seemed like half the time it was like a fan-made movie. It was just like, it seemed poorly done. And, and nothing about it seemed fun. And also the casting was weird. The Regina George actress... I was like, that's Regina George? What? This is this is so odd. None of it really f- suits anything about the original, I think. It just looks like the original. And you're right. I, none of the jokes landed for me in the trailer. Nothing. And, I mean, Tina Fey is such a great writer and such a great comedian, but uh, she wrote the movie. I just didn't like the trailer very much because the, the original is amazing. Yeah, the original is great. My Girls is amazing. And... I don't this know. trailer sucked. I'm just saying it, it sucked. They're just like re- so they're remaking their movie into a musical, and obviously yeah. it's a Broadway musical. And it's an adaptation of the Broadway musical. Yeah, so that's the difference. And here, in but- Gory Rice is playing um, Lindsay Lohan's character. I feel like they should have just written a different Mean Girls kind of movie, or like a- honestly, they should have done a sequel with the, uh, all the lead actresses back and their daughters. That would have worked. That's what they should have done. I would have seen that. Everybody, because. Every comment was like, where are the originals? Could you imagine if you got Amanda Seyfried, Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, everybody back for that movie, uh, Lizzie Chaplin. Chaplin back? That would have been awesome. Yeah. And then all their kids are going to high school now because they're that's age appropriate. They that's what they should have done. Yeah, they're age appropriate. That's what they should have done. I would have been like, this is awesome. Let's do it. Because I had no idea this movie was coming out. I saw the trailer when I saw Five Nights at Freddy's, and the person I was with, we were both like, what the fuck? They're making a musical of Mean Girls? <laughs> and it's not even good. And also, I mean, there's. Did you see the Walmart commercial? No. So Lacey Shea Bear, she starred in a Walmart commercial, uh, playing her character from Mean Girls. Her, uh, I can't remember her name from the Plastics. And then even Amanda Seyfried had a cameo. Okay, in that. So yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was that was good. And I was then I watched that um, after the trailer for this, and I was like, the Walmart commercial was better than that. <laughs> if they got the original stars back, it would be a two hundred million dollar box office, easy. Absolutely. Easy. It would. It could. I mean, it wouldn't do Barbie numbers, but it. It would do, like, that kind of push on social media. It would be a firestorm. It would, dude, it would be a sensation. It yeah. could hit If they got million. the originals, like, that's what they should have done. But they don't have to be the leads. Just have the kids. Your kids are you. Or maybe or, mix it no, up. Or, no, I think you're going to have them as the leads. And it could be there's the, the clicks in a different environment, in an adult environment. Make Maybe they all work. Maybe it's like a neighborhood click thing. A bit. Yeah. But I... <laughs> I would like to see Regina George post accident, yeah. post getting hit by the car. <laughs> see what her, see if she's changed up her life a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I did it not. Terrible. I did not. I was not enticed by. And it. It's just like it's all the same scenes, but just written a little differently. And it's like, what's the point of this? Just to watch the songs? Yeah. Just for the musical numbers? 
And none of the characters seem right in any of their roles. The girl from Spider-Man and Goya Rice. She's the lead? Yeah. All right. I think she's a good actress. She's a great actress, yeah. But I was... Okay, so she plays Lindsay Lohan's character. That's exactly what I said earlier. No, yeah, yeah, Because then... Because yeah. for a second, I thought she was Regina George. No, which Regina would, George yeah. is the girl wearing leather the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Odd. I'm not I'm not really feeling this. I don't think people really are either. Nope. And I know... I looked at the comments and nobody's feeling it. Even diehard Mean Girls fans aren't really into this musical. They should just burn it. <laughs> Moving on. To, <laughs> burn it. <laughs> To a couple other trailers, which are worse than the Mean Girls ones. <laughs> it's, uh, un, un, uh, it's unbelievable, but they are. So this is we have a new Kevin Hart Netflix movie, the 14th one he's made in three years. This one's called Lift. And it might it sounds like a guy who runs an elevator, but or, you're, you're mistaken. Or drives a lift car. <laughs> it's a heist film. Kevin Hart plays this like, super suave, very successful thief who gets contacted by, I think it's the CIA, to steal something for them. And he's got this team of of great thieves. It looks so bad. It might be the worst heist trailer of a movie of all time. It's it looks so. They're stealing it on a plane. The crew, the his heist team, everyone's so clean, so cut. young and hot. Everyone's thirty two, attractive as hell. Like just got a brand new outfit from Urban Outfitters. <laughs> like suave. Like they don't look like thieves at all. They're just like normal people. Uh, it it just does not look good. I'm sorry. Because even like. It, they're all too. They're all too like the same age. Too much of the same age and same look and same. They all look like they're like Instagram models. It looks like they're in sort of like a sitcom or, or like a yeah. high school TV show. But you compare it to the Italian Job. It's the same director as the Italian Job, and like obviously there's a very attractive people in that. In but then you, they everybody seems very unique and different. Like Seth Green is like the tech guy. Jason Statham's the tough guy. Char- Charlize is the co-leader with um, what's his name, Mark Mark Wahlberg's character's name, um, and also, I mean, Edward Norton was a good villain. There doesn't seem to be a villain in this movie. There isn't. It's just yeah. I guess <laughs> I, I think they showed him on. So the the heist they have to steal something off a plane. It's never been done before. The CGI does not look great. It's shot in Italy, and again, the Fast and Furious and this managed to make Italy not look great. Yeah. <laughs> Another movie shot in Venice. We're heist, but this time it's on a plane. How many movies were shot in Venice last year? So many. Every movie was filmed in Venice, even Pixar's animated films. It's become the Hollywood version of making it feel European. Just that, shoot it in Venice. They just must have a new tax credit system in the last couple of years. Because, yeah, I bet. Yeah. And I love Italy, and it's so cool to see it in so many movies. But mm. there are other cities, other countries that go to in Europe are there <laughs> as, a, as a half Italian like we don't have to see Venice in every movie <laughs> it is getting redundant it's getting a little old all right like and when Tom did it it was great Denzel did it it was great now it's just like 17 movies in 2023 <laughs> take place in Venice <laughs> a night in Venice I'm surprised the Marvels isn't set in Venice all right speaking of Mark Wahlberg the next trailer is his film The Family Plan in which he plays a former CIA assassin secret super agent who now is retired and living with a family of his own um, unbeknownst to his enemies. And then his enemies have finally tracked him down and they start going after him 15 and his years later. So now he has to take his family on a road trip to uh, save them and they still aren't sure. They don't, still don't know what he is and what his past He's is. He's like hiding it. He's, they're driving a minivan and yeah. they're being hit, tracked down so it's by like, It's Jason Bourne as like a stay-at-home dad. On kind Disney of. Channel. Yeah, on Disney Channel. <laughs> it's, Anthony, it's Apple TV. We watched the trailer earlier this morning and Anthony's like, who is this made for? And I'm like, <laughs> made for moms. It's got like... Made for moms. Because it's got childhood humor. It's got child humor. But and, parenting and, humor. And parent- Mother humor. Yeah. And then action movie... 
And I'm just like, what is this? It's a weird mix. But I think you're right. I think it's made for like, you know, moms and and you know, moms and family, dads family people. I guess. Yeah. I was. I, it didn't seem like an Apple TV movie until, and then the Apple TV logo came up. I was like, this is Apple TV. They're, they're getting what? into that Netflix, the Netflix realm. They where go. They go for the money. They get like three bangers a year, and then uh-huh. just like, here, let's turn one out for fifty million dollars. Hey, I, I, content. Yeah. I guess content, content, content. But yeah, it looks, um, looks so like a movie. It certainly is a movie. More news. <laughs> John Wick 5 is now being written. Yay. Confirmed. <laughs> now that the writers and actor strikes have ended, we're going to... It's going to be forward. John Wick in the afterlife. <laughs> he should be. Just kill him. I love John Wick so much, but he died. It was a great ending. He, it was perfect. It was a great ending. It was a send-off that was memorable to the character and worth it, but now... Because it was they were pushing it when he fell off the fucking 20-story building. Yeah. At the end of three. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but Dude, now- I, I love John Wick, but it's too soon. And I feel like he's just he's just getting a little too old to keep doing it. I love Keanu to death. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think that they ended it really well. And dying on the steps and seeing his wife and his memories and feel it, it made it seem like, okay, he's going home to his wife. He's, yeah. He's finally finished his job. He's done. And now he can let go and and die. Peacefully. It was a perfect ending. It was a great ending. I was that was my one of my favorite parts of the film. I was cried when John Wick died, and so to already go into a fifth one, I'm just like, but they ended the it same so well. year, the same year that John Wick dies. They're already rewriting, yeah. and it was, they, you know, they if it wasn't for the strike, they already have it in production. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it was a very successful film. Yeah. Box office killed, so obviously they're gonna do it again. And then, like, why even do that ending in four if you're gonna do another one? I think it's because also how unsuccessful. The Continental was, and obviously they wanted. It's to build a sure first. thing. It's a sure thing. It's going to make four hundred million dollars. That's, that's what. That's where we. That's why we always talk about so many studios. They need us a franchise for sequels to get the cash flow, the consistent cash flow, it's a sure to thing. stay afloat. Lionsgate's, you know, they do really well, but obviously every studio has duds. John Wick Five is their staple. I mean, yeah, man. I think is like I'm a little disappointed. I just. I'm just, he I, just died like five months ago. Yeah. It was such a great <laughs> ending. And now it's just like that ending was meaningless. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just basically being like, oh, you know that great emotional ending? Where he died for his friend's daughter. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, it didn't matter. He's still going. He's still doing jujitsu. <laughs> He's going to jujitsu 500 people in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it, man, I just, just let it, just let it be done. Let's move on. Let's move on. Just hire Keanu. Do something else to Keanu. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel, man. Let's move on to a fun story to finish up this episode. Now, Predator, one of the greatest action movies ever made. If not the. And one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. And one of the greatest horror movies ever made. It's just the greatest <laughs> movie ever made. <laughs> John McTiernan. He crushed it. There's an iconic moment, we all know, where... Spoilers. Ar- <laughs> 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 where Arnie... Being chased by the predator through a river, falls into a waterfall, swims out, and he crawls across the muddy shore of the river as the predator is on his tail. The and predator's dive is beautiful, it's by the a way. Great dive, yeah. <laughs> no, we were with nowhere to go. He crawls under a bunch of branches and hides in plain sight, covered in mud, unbeknownst to him. The predator shows up. He's like, where the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> so it's I should start- probably take my mask off, but fuck it. <laughs> His, yeah, right. His thermal technology could not detect the body heat. The body heat of Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
And then he uses this in Dutch the, Anthony. In, it's Dutch. Dutch. He uses this in the great uh, finale battle between the two of them. A crew of scientists uh, actually tested this. They tried it out and it worked. So, they, so if you cover yourself with, with yeah, mud, they covered a guy with mud and used thermal technology to try to see him, and it actually worked. That's so cool. So they proved it. That it's myth, not busted. No, you know what they should have tested is if you dive and like crawl through mud, <laughs> if it sticks. somehow sticks to the every inch of your body. It's a movie. <laughs> I love it too. I'm, I'm always waiting for it because like he's crawling, he's like barely covered in mud. Then it yeah. cuts to him, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm super covered." Honestly, as a kid, that was one of my favorite movie moments ever. Same. When dude. when he's hiding, when he's in the branches, and then the predator is just shows up. And he's just looking around, and Dutch is just like, I guess he doesn't see me. <laughs> I remember being a kid just like, oh, my God, this is insane. And then Predator walks away, and he, he rubs his cheek. He's like, what does it mean? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love Dutch. <laughs> this one, that may be Arnold's best performance. Um, uh, True True Lies is great as well. True Lies is really good. But you love him as Mr. Freeze. He's really good as Mr. Freeze. He does great. He does a great job as Mr. Freeze. We should do Batman forever. He holds that movie together, man. But no, nah, I love Predator so much. It's one of my all-time favorites. Watch a couple scenes of him as Mr. Freeze, and then let me know if you agree with me or not. It's over the top so much, though. No, but I'm just saying, like, when you compare it to how he started with Conan and the bodybuilder movie he first did, and seeing what he was doing with Mr. Freeze, it was such an advancement uh, in evolution of his acting abilities. Like, you could tell he put so much work into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's Arnold, man. I love that guy to death. No one works harder. Nobody works harder than Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Belichick reference for anyone who doesn't like football. <laughs> All right. That wraps up. Oh, we Mo did a great Predator episode, by the way, if you, want to, if you haven't listened to it. Of course we it's did. It's a great episode. It's incredible. <laughs> did we dress up? No, we dressed up for the, the, the Schwarzenegger Stallone. Stallone yeah. Like our third episode. We sh <laughs> I would love to do Predator again, dress up as the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> You're one ugly motherfucker. Uh, 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 <laughs> that wraps uh, uh, movie uh, news this week. There was so much to talk about. Lot, and yeah. again, if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is become a patron right now at patreon.com. If you want a holiday card from Anthony and I and Juno, we made holiday cards. We're sending them to people who are patrons. Minimum tier $10, you'll receive a greeting card this holiday season from us. And also, if you want the ad-free experience of our show, no ads at all for all new episodes, feel free to join our $5 tier, the Show Me the Money tier on Patreon. You'll get access to all of our new episodes completely ad-free on Patreon and on Spotify. And every single patron also has access to weekly bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. No matter what tier you're in. Yeah. It's the best deal ever. We just did. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld came it's out. the best deal ever. Why aren't you signing up for, <laughs> sign up for Patreon right now? What's the deal of Patreon? What's the deal? <laughs> George, just, sign up for Patreon. We just did a, a whole episode yesterday about the SAG uh, victory of winning the strike. And then... Uh, for bonus, yeah. On Tuesday, we're doing Lawrence of Arabia for Godfather tier. Thanks to Peyton, our new Godfather patron. Oh, yeah. And on Monday, tomorrow, we have an episode on Arrival. Oh, my God. It was good. On the good. main show. You're going to love it so, so much. Yeah, it, was, it was a good episode. It was a great discussion. We, we fucking broke the hell down out of that. 90 minutes. I edited it last night. Wow. 90 minutes clean. Real clean. Clean. Also, leave those five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple. Share us with your family and friends. It's the number one way for a podcast to grow is word of mouth. We are competing with fucking celebrities, so help us out, everybody. <laughs> These fucking actors. They all had to make a podcast in the TV film category, of course. They couldn't have enough attention. Yeah, but yeah, we need your help. But <laughs> <laughs> fucking die. 
Ryan, man. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.